0: Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Ubhanatu Sahavir Yankar Vavahai Te Vidvishavahai Om Shantesh Shanti Om Purnamada, Madah Purha purha mudhachade purhasya purha madha ya purha meva vashashashade Om shantish 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 shritis mriti purananam alayam karuna layam namami bhagavat padam shankaram loka Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badrāyanam Sutra Bhāshakrutavvande Bhagavantau Punah Punah Isvaro Guru Rātmedhi Murti Bheda Vibhāgine Vyomavat Vyāpta Dehāya Dakshinā Let's read to the verse number eight. Niyataṁ kuru-karmatvam Niyataṁ kuru-karmatvam Karmajjayao ca-karmanah Karmajjayao ca-karmanah Sarīra-yātra-pichade Sarīra-yātra-pichade Na-prasiddhye da-karmanah Yagnyarthat karmano nyatra, Lokoyam karma bandhana, Lokoyam Tadartham karma रोवाच प्रजापति रोवाच प्रजापतीः अनेन प्रसविष्यध्वं अनेन प्रसविष्यध्वं ईशवोऽस्तुष्ट देवान् भावयतानेन Parasparam bhāvayantah Parasparam bhāvayantah Shreyaḥ param vāpsyatah Shreyaḥ param vāpsyatah prajāha srashtuva Ura in the beginning of the creation Sahaya prajāha srashtuva Having created human beings Along with yajñā Along with this spirit of yajna or sacrifice, self-sacrifice, self-offering. <coughs> Prajapati uvacha, Prajapati told the human beings, anena prasavishyadham, O human beings, prasavishyadham, may you grow, may you prosper. So prasavaya means vriddhi. So vriddhim praptu vantu, may you all gain vriddhi or growth, may you all prosper. Anena by this yajna. So, by the yajna, O human beings, Mu prosper. What's the nature of this yajna? Devan bhavayata anena te devaha bhavayantu vaha. Anena yajna. By this yajna, Devan bhavayantu, Mu propitiate the devatas. (coughs) Devatas here represent all the living beings with whom we are related by, depe- by interdependence. So this universe is created on the basis of interdependence. Everything depends upon everything else. That is what they call upakarya upakaraka sambandh. Upakaraka, one who helps. Upakarya one, who he is helped. So helped and help helper and helper. From one standpoint, everybody is an everybody helps, contributes. From another standpoint, everybody consumes also. Without consumption, life cannot go on. You cannot keep on consuming. If you consume and there is no outlet, then also there is death. There is only outlet and no income, then also there is death. There is balance, there must be flow of what comes in and what goes out. That's the kind of flow as we said yesterday maintained in the universe everybody is a recipient at the same time everybody also is a contributor. This is the way the universe has been designed. This is the order. We may say that is manifest in the order of Yajna which involves that everyone contributes in turn everyone also receives the benefit of the other's contribution. Therefore Oh human beings, you also join the scheme of things. That other than you, the rest of the universe is so programmed that they automatically follow this order of contribution and the consumption. There's a balance. That's why the ecological balance is maintained. Nature will maintain its own balance if the human being does not interfere. So wherever any kind of balance is disturbed, it is because of the interference of human being on account of the abuse of free will on the part of the human being. When <clears throat> you watch these movies or these documentaries, like Planet Earth and Inconvenient Truth and things like that, you see how, what a damage is done to the whole universe. You can see how those glaciers are collapsing, <laughs> Like buildings are coming down, crashing down. People are happy that there is more water in the river. They don't know that there will be no water at some point in time. But anyway, so human being is capable of destroying the whole universe by abuse of frivol. At the same time, he can be a great blessing also. both the possibilities are there. That, oh human beings, you help yourself do not become a problem to yourself become a solution to yourself do not hurt yourself help yourself because for you both these possibilities are there you can hurt yourself also and help yourself also other creatures can neither hurt nor help they are what they are they remain what they are there is no spiritual evolution or growth in any creature other than human being The physiological or organism, that evolution has taken place. Next stage evolution is the spiritual growth, inner growth, emotional growth. That possibility is only with human being. And for that purpose, this free will is given, the freedom of choice is given. The buddhi is given, the intellect is given, so that you can discriminate between what is right and what is wrong, what will help you and what will hurt you to determine that, the intellect is given. And since freedom is given, freedom should be used with in a responsible manner, therefore responsibility also is given yajna. It becomes the responsibility of human being to conduct himself or herself in the spirit of yajna or self-offering. Knowing fully well that when I become an offerer or contributor, automatically what I need for my consumption will come along. It is coming along. Anena devan bhavayata we propitiate the devatas devatas also include the pitrus, the ancestors. Also include the rishis, the sages. Also include the human beings, needy human beings. And also include the animals and plants and, and trees and, and insects and creatures around us. So we are a part of the whole family. And therefore, all of them should have place in your life. <coughs> all right. Suppose we propitiate the then Shreya Param Parasparam Bhavayanta, Shreya Param Parasparam Bhavayanta, thus propitiating one another. You propitiate the world and the world propitiates you. So it is a dynamic live order. See, this universe is not a dead thing, or it is not a mechanical thing, or it is not an inert thing. It is alive, it responds to you. So nature responds to us when you see the crashing of the uh, glasses it's a response when you see the number of creatures being destroyed every day the species are getting extinct it's a response both ways negative or positive meaning that whatever kind of attitude you radiate a similar attitude also comes back to you we go in the mountains and shout, Ram, Ram, and they will shout back. Say, I hate you, I hate you. that's what they will also shout back. So it's very important. What kind of thoughts we entertain, or what kind of thoughts we encourage, what kind of attitudes we have, what kind of bhavana the spirits we radiate. The world may not know, but we know what kind of values we have what kind of feelings we have, how sensitive we are to the feelings and needs of other creatures and the living beings. And that is what comes back to us. Sometimes your actions, you know, very important is your feeling or your attitude, the spirit. And that will reflect the action also. But even if the action is not there sometimes, at least you can maintain a very noble spirit involving the ideas of daya or charity or compassion. (coughs) A care and concern for the rest of the world. Meaning that they need your care and concern and that you are in a position to to offer that care and concern. (coughs) Parasparam bhavayanthaya, thus propitiating one another or each other. Shreya param avapsyata. Param shreya avapsyata. Mute in param shreya. Mute the highest good. <coughs> Whatever you want. You want material prosperity? That's what you will get. You want swarga? That you will get. You want moksha? That you will get. <coughs> param shreya, the word shreya can be interpreted both ways. <coughs> so va param shreya. Even being you want prosperity, material prosperity and, and pleasures, that also we can get. Or jnana Moksha, Moksha Mavapsyathar. Or this spirit of Yajñā, as we said, will bring about a disposition of mind, <coughs> which is appropriate for gaining the knowledge. We said earlier, a disposition of mind, when this teaching is given, a teaching is received in a very favorable, positive manner. <clears throat> when you are told that you are Ananda, you are happy to hear that and you can see the meaning. So, that's how the, uh, the words reveal themselves. Yesterday, Swami was saying that the Ishwara has to reveal himself before us. That's called Bhakti. What is Bhakti? Seeking grace of Ishwara. You please reveal yourself to me surrendering. So, therefore, in pursuit of knowledge also, bhakti, devotion is involved. And so, this devotion, that we want the knowledge, for the knowledge to take place, the words have to reveal their meaning in our mind. These words are heard, they reveal their meanings in our mind, because your mind has the samskara, the kind of, culture and disposition that is required for these words to reveal their meaning. But these words reveal the meaning, literal meaning to begin with. This should also reveal the lakshyaratha, the targeted meaning. Word Brahman also, no word is adequate to describe Brahman or the self. Neither word Brahman nor self, nor Nitya, Shuddha, Buddha, Mukta, whatever English Sanskrit, whatever words you use. No word is capable of describing. But every word always conveys a limited meaning. Every word is understood in relation to something else. Even limitless that word is understood in relation to limited that we know. So based on what we know, the shruti is conveying what is that we should know. And all our knowledge is derived from our experiences which are in the realm of limitations in the realm of duality. And so, even limitlessness is not known to us, you cannot visualize limitlessness. If try to visualize, well then, you are going to exclude. See, the visualizer excludes himself anyway. This has to include everything. The truth has to include everything, it must be all inclusive. The subject, object, both of them must be included. <coughs> the idea is that, no word, even limitless, or whole, complete, whatever. nitya, Shuddha, Buddha, they beautiful words. In themselves they are not capable of revealing the meaning of the truths. but they are capable of revealing the truth when we have a right disposition of mind. Then these words reveal the truth by Lakshyartha. So Vedanta talks about Vachyartha and Lakshyartha. Literal meaning and Lakshyartha. Targeted means, Lakshya means target. So meaning that is targeted by these words. Now that's a quantum jump, you know, they talk of quantum jump. This is where, from Vachyartha to Lakshyartha. That is why, the need for preparation of the mind, that the mind can see, this, this meaning, that the words reveal their meanings in our mind. And for that, a disposition, for any word to reveal that its meaning in our mind, an appropriate disposition is required. For these words such you are Brahman, that statement for it to reveal its meaning in our mind, we require a particular disposition. That's called suddhanta karana. That's what you call the purity of the mind. And bhagavad Gita gives us an excellent means of purification of mind, yajna, this spirit of contribution. Offering. This is pratibhakshana. We discussed yesterday how, because of ignorance, I suffer from sense of inadequacy. Therefore, I am a needy person. I keep on justifying my needs, thinking that my needs are real. And the whole universe justifies the need of the human, being except Vedanta. Vedanta says that the need itself is a notion; is false. It's not right. Everybody else tells you the means. All other, even Mimamsaka, all of them tell you how to satisfy your needs. They give you means to fulfill their needs. Vedanta says, recognize that the basic need itself is wrong. You being what you are, there is no reason why you should have any need at all. You are complete in yourself. How can there be a need or desire be there what is complete? and still have lots of desires and needs, that also is a, is a kind of reality. So what do we do? Do we base our, li- we we our life, based on what I take, my, what my perception is? Or should we base our life on what the perception, the shruti, this way to decide. Apparently these two perceptions are quite, I mean quite opposite of each other. My perception of myself that, I'm a limited, inadequate, needy being, insecure, in need of security, happiness, favor, mercy. That's my perception. The perception of scriptures is that hey, you are, you are pura, huh? you are complete. You are whole, you are limitless. But I don't feel it, Swamiji. doesn't matter. But that's what you are. So that's the problem. Because we don't feel that we are limitless. And that also is is a reality, kind of a reality. Not a real reality, but it's a kind of reality. Mitya reality, whatever it is. But right now, that's what it is. So what do we do? Do we live a life based on our perception and keep on justifying our inadequacies, our insecurities, our needs and always seek favor and mercy from the rest of the world and make ourselves vulnerable to being controlled and manipulated. Always live in an atmosphere of uncertainty because you don't know what the outcome of the action is going to be. You don't know whether something that you expect to give you happiness will give you happiness or not. Unpredictable. Lots of disappointments. Is that what you want to do? Or oh, you want to live a life based on the, the perception of Upanishad. That you are a complete being. You are the whole. If you don't feel it, don't worry. Fake it till you make it. That's that's what is taught here. Fake it till you make it. What do you fake? You fake that you are limitless. Swami don't, don't worry. Fake. This is where Shraddha comes. Shraddha is of this nature. That Vordahupani it makes sense to me in my, mind, my intellect, of course. It makes sense that I have to be limitless because I love for limitlessness, I love for freedom. And there's always love for one's own nature. That I love freedom, I love a pleased self, I love happiness, I love love. That's what I love. If I love other things such as wealth, name, fame, prosperity, it is not for their sake, it is for the sake of this pleased self. And therefore, the desire behind all the desires is for the please self, for freedom. And that itself is adequate to show that freedom must be my nature because I love that. And I am born with that desire. Not that I've that desire been planted in my mind, it's a natural desire. So it makes sense. The truth has to be one, cannot be two. For it to be one, it cannot be it is non-dual. So it must be all-inclusive. And it should include me also. So it should be myself. All of this makes sense. So in, now, that is why Shravanam is very important. That is in our intellect, we have the right understanding. So first change, transformation is, transformation, understanding. Then comes transformation in Behavior. That's the harder part. Transformation of understanding is the first one. For people with good intellect that is not very difficult. That's the reason why Vedanta attracts people who are intelligent. Although there was not a great compliment yesterday I think these all these uh, what is it uh, the software people whatever I guess some frustration was brought out there you know. But basically Vedanta attracts people who are intelligent. Because Vedanta appeals to the intellect, to the reasoning. Therefore, sort exposing ourselves to the teaching and gaining more and more clarity about what the scriptures teach us, clarity about the perception. Second step is now to design our life, construct our life based on our understanding. That what we do should be in keeping with what our understanding is. So far, what we have been doing is based on the old understanding, the wrong understanding of my being a needy and you know insecure and needy person. That is the understanding so far. What all I have been doing is based on that. And therefore, I now deliberately plant a new idea. Whenever my mind comes up with this idea of I want something, I tell my mind you give something. My mind is trying to grab something. I tell my mind you give something. So mind is always grabbing, and because it thought that it, that is and then only it can survive. So so far the mind thought that I can survive only if I'm a grabber. But we tell the mind, look, this is you've been doing from time beginningless. Grabbing and grabbing and consuming. Where are you? You want to more grab more and more, want to consume more and more, it's, you know. So we would educate the mind and plant this new value. Tadartham, karma, hey arjuna, for yajna may you perform these, the, all your actions on the spirit of yajna. As the Swamiji says, when anybody comes before me, the first thought occurs in me is, how can I help this person? When somebody comes before me, my first response is, how can I excuse this person? So that's what my mind says, I tell my mind, come on now, stop it. Instead of using, be helpful. <clears throat> so thus every moment gives an opportunity to practice this, you know. You don't have to even go into uh, solitude and meditate or something. This can become a constant meditation. And people have so much fascination with meditation etc. and experiences that they don't realize that this work has to be done. This is the work that has to be done. What is meant by working upon myself is completely transforming all my attitudes. The attitudes that are based on self-centeredness will be transformed completely to become other-centeredness. And that is going to take its own time. Because mind goes back into its rut again and again and again. The old habits don't die hard, the habits are hard to die. And so the mind, if you are not alert, will go back into its old rut of conceiving, grabbing, desiring, seeking. We remain alert and plant this new thought. This new attitude. Parasparam bhavyanta shreeaf param avapsyata. Thus all human beings propitiating each other may attain the highest good. How does this happen? The next verse, verse number twelve tells us that. (laughs) Ishtan Bhoganivo Devaha. Dasyante Yagnabavita, Yagnabavita, Tairatana Pradaya, Tiratana Data, Yoga Sena Evasah, Yoga Mte Sena Evasana Those Devas and he said, by devatas, understand all other living beings. The devatas, the pitrus, the rishis, the other human beings, other, you know, animals, plants, other creatures, all of them. See, we are all, they are all stakeholders in our life. So, in our life, whatever you make, you know, they all have a share. Because what you are is because of them. Anyway, that is the next verse. Yajna havitaha devataha, those devatas and others who are thus satisfied, propitiated by yajna, by your spirit of offering. Ishtan bhogāni, hi dasyante. Dasyante, they will give you, grant you. Bhogan pleasures, Ishtan bhogan desirable pleasures, desirable objects whatever you desire is what the Devatas will give you then you have to decide what you desire that's another that, that is where again this free will has to be used properly choice the faculty of choice in deciding what to desire desire is natural as long as I feel inadequate desire is going to be there what to desire Ishtan Bhogan. Ishtan means abhilashita Abhilashidhan, whatever you desire, those bhogas, those objects, pleasures, they'll give you. Meaning that whenever you do something good, then you are rewarded. That's where the Sankalba comes. What for am I performing this action? Am I performing what for am I making this offering in the haven, in Homa? as charity, as whatever I do. For what reason am I doing? Do I want heaven because for you know, as a result of this? That's what you will get. Your moksha, that's what you will get. So this is very important. What choice we make in our life? Devan, devaeyo yanti, madbhakta hayanti, bhamapi. Lord Krishna says, those who worship devatas want to become devatas. that's what they become meaning you can become the denizens of heaven. Titaṁ bhuktva, swargalokam vishālam, you live there in heaven which is a vast, you know, realm, and all divine pleasures are there, enjoy them for a great length of time. If that's what you want. Kshine puñya, martilokam vishanti, but unfortunately when your puñya gets exhausted, you come back to the salt mines, start all over again. Gata gatam kama kama bhante. Those people are kama, kama. They are Those who are controlled by their desires, they all gatagadam. gata gatam. They have the life of coming and going. That's what you want. That's what you'll get. Or, if you want uh, moksha, that's what you'll get. Mad bhaktā yānti Lord Krishna's those who want me, get me. Meaning that, whatever we want in our life, we can achieve. That potential there is. And therefore, when you have to decide whether, we want freedom, or we want to continue to remain in bondage. Ishtan bhagani vodevah, dasyante yagni bhavita. That's a dynamic relationship here. And they say, The universe is a dynamic, organic whole, alive and then responds to me. And how I want to, how I get the response, depends upon how I radiate my thoughts, what attitudes I have. It's not like a world of physics, which is an inert material world. Ultimately, there's no such thing as matter at all. All there is is only consciousness. The so-called matter also is nothing but manifestation of consciousness, or even the stable to everything. Thus Vedanta looks upon this world as, a, you know, just as the individual is a live conscious being, the whole universe also is a live conscious being. That's what we call Ishvara. So in whichever way we desire, in that way we are, you know, the response comes, so, this is the principle of Yajna as explained in the Bhagavad Gita here. <coughs> the anvaya, Anvaya is what? If you do what we are telling you to do, then this is a reward. They will be rewarded. If you want heaven, that's the reward. For moksha, that will be reward. <coughs> so, you say moksha is not to be attained. No, it's not to be attained. But to realize even to realize that I don't need to attain is a big achievement. <laughs> Great achievement. So that's why Antagana Shuddhi first the mind realize I don't need anything. And then recognizing that I am everything, you see. I don't need anything, it's called Vairagya. And with that, when we listen to this, then I realize I am everything. That's Moksha. So that's how our Mundane activities, all these so-called drudgeries in life, all these day de- how can they be made a means of moksha? How every action can become a means of my spiritual growth? <clears throat> all right, Swami, I, I understand that, but I don't care. Suppose I continue to live the way I am living, that I remain a consumer. I keep on consuming accumulating. I don't return the favor. What's, what's going to happen? In the next line, Lord Krishna says, apradāya, yoghante, <laughs> stena evasah. that this rest of the universe, consisting of devatas, pitrus, rishis, other human beings, <coughs> and other living beings, all of them are contributing in your life. Without asking, the trees are giving. The one uh, child says, "How come? Uh, how come trees make oxygen? How do they do that?" I asked some other child. Hey, does anybody know the answer? Somebody knew the answer. Oh, in process of making their food, the you know, oxygen is a byproduct, etc., etc. I have to remember my old, you know, many years ago. The children are pretty smart, so have the questions they answer. But this is a scheme. That the trees give you oxygen and they they absorb your carbon dioxide. What a wonderful, you know, symbiosis. So without our knowledge also, we are utilizing so many privileges. Like a child is growing in the home, doesn't know what privileges is enjoying. You just switch on this, when the light comes, what's the big deal about it? That is a big deal if you think about it. You open the faucet, the water comes, it's a big deal. But we don't, you know, we have no appreciation for that. But that's how our life is, that the rains come, it's a big deal. Sun rises in the morning, it's a big deal. Night comes so we can rest, that's a big deal. All of these are there, done for us. Then we take them for granted a different thing, but the idea is that all of these are the... Looks like the universe is designed for my comfort and my well-being, is it not so? Is it not that whatever I need has all been provided for me even before I was born, that every all preparations have been done for me? And as I grow in my life also, whatever I've been needing at different stages in life, it is all provided. And not only for human beings, for all living beings. This earth is not meant only for human beings, it is meant for all the creatures. The other day in satsang, somebody asked a question, why has God created mosquitoes? You know. So... Why should God not create mosquitoes? Why has he created you? Mosquito can ask you, you know, also. (laughs) But anyway, this is meant for everybody. We cannot insist that the world should only be for me. In your world there will be no room for snakes and scorpions and mosquitoes and no bacteria and no viruses. None of them will be there. Then you will not be there because you are because of them. You don't know what these snakes have to contribute to your life. You don't know that. Though we have to go to the uh, the scientists. All these, uh, the fellows who specialize, you know, in uh, in, in, in environment protection, they say, know what connections there are? Maybe, maybe connection we may not know, but that anything which is anywhere has something to contribute to our life. And understand that any problem anywhere in the world, we have a contribution there also. So you think that uh, starvation is taking place in Ethiopia or some places. What do you have? You have to do something about... uh, You also have a contribution there. By not doing what you should have been doing, you have somehow helped create that miserable condition. If you did what you were required to do, perhaps you have to help that condition. But Swamiji, there are millions of people starving. What can I do? I offer some food here. What's the big deal about it? How is it going to help so that is where we get sort of, uh, what shall I say, intimidated. The problem is so vast, from you, what can one person do? You do your share. You know this, this story we must have told you earlier, this young man, an old man once went to a beach. You know, he was, he saw a young man on the beach and doing something very strange this young man would bend down, pick up something and throw in the ocean. Bend down, pick up something, throw in the ocean. And the old man went closer. He saw that, oh, so many crabs were lying on this beach because the high tide comes, then so many crabs, you know, are swept along with water. Then the water goes away. These fellows remain here and ultimately die. And hundreds and thousands, these creatures. So this young man, his business was to take them put them back in the ocean. So the old man said, what are you doing? You are stupid. You are wasting your energy. He says, why? You know, you take a few creatures and send them back in the ocean. So what? How many are there? So then that man bent down, picked up one, threw it in the ocean. Well, it makes difference to him. And so, whatever you can do, It is one thing has been saved. (coughs) So we need not get intimidated by by the vastness of the problem and the smallness of ourselves or insignificance of ourselves. Whatever you can do, that's all. That's what I'm saying. That everybody thinks like that. Like the Akbar Birbal story, you know, everybody thinks in the same way. Akbar says to Birbal, You know, Birbal... The subjects, the citizens in my uh, king, my empire are all very honest and charitable. So Birbal says, uh, Emperor, do you want to test them? So, sure. Okay. So an announcement was made. On such and such day, you got a huge vessel, and every citizen should bring one cup of milk and deposit just one cup of milk. So everybody came, deposited, deposited. At the end of the day, uh, Virival took Akbar to watch what was in there. You know what was there? It was all full of water. Why? Everybody thought that I take this water. Everybody else is going to bring milk anyway. So this much water won't make any difference. That is India. Everybody thinks that everybody else will do. I need not worry about it. But by not doing what we should do also, we are we are harming the situation. And we are incurring sin. Don't think that you can get away with this. That's so why Lord Krishna says, without giving them back, without returning the favor. So whatever privileges are there, I keep on enjoying them. I remain a consumer of enjoy Without returning the without doing my part, stay in avarsa. Lord Krishna says he is a thief. Very strong word. Not by the standard of the land, but by moral standard. So, by moral standard, Lord Krishna says this person is a thief. I don't care. You may whether you care or not. A thief gets punishment. Here from this justice system we can somehow sneak, out, sneak away, that's a, but not in that justice system. As you saw, so reap. So karma and karma phala. Karma phala, the outcome of the action, is compatible in keeping with the action, the input. <coughs> so thus this is called akarane Pratyavaya. There is a statement in Mimamsa. Akarane pratyavaya if you fail to do what you are required to do, then you incur a sin, meaning that you create a negative effect for yourself. Therefore, there is no choice in not making the right choice, understand this. Meaning that not only we are required not to do what is required to be done, but then we should not fail to do that because not doing what I am required to do, I am creating for myself a negative called sin, meaning I am hurting myself. Again, the next verse, 13th verse, also a quite a well-known verse, <laughs> says both the things, yeah, Anvaya and Vyatharega. The first line of 13th verse is Anvaya, meaning if you follow this law, all that Bhagavad Gita is doing for us is just revealing the basic realities, orders of life, that there is an order, that there is a law. If there is no law, then nothing is right and nothing, there is no right and no wrong. Right and wrong comes when there is a law. Some people are very smart. Swami. what is right and what is wrong? It's all relative. What is right for you may be wrong for me. What is right for him? Uh, what does it matter? What's right? There's no right and no wrong. There's no right and no wrong provided there's no law. If there's a law, then there's something right and something wrong. There's a law there. You stop at the intersection when there is red light. That's a law. If you don't, then that's something wrong. Then you should drive on the left side. Whatever the side, right. Whatever is the law. If you do that, then you are you are following the law. Otherwise, violating the law. So violating a law is a wrong thing to do. And whether here you can get away because you can sneak away from the you know, all kinds of uh, radars in your car. Some strange sound started coming. You know, when I was riding with someone, what is this? Is hey, Swami some patrolman is around? Looks like that's what this thing is telling me. So you slow down and one that it goes out of the range, you again take off after all petrol man is a poor petrol man he's not omniscient not omnipotent not omnipresent <laughs> he's not present everywhere you know then sometimes you run away in India people don't even care here you cannot if that fellow sees you will catch you anyway you know because his engine is so much more powerful than your engine you cannot run away from him they have engines that can run at 125 miles an hour, you know. This, this traffic patrol special things are there. In India, the poor policeman is, what does he have? Nothing. He's a cycle, bicycle or something. He can't even change him. But then when the traffic patrolman is standing on the, in the intersection, people just, even though he does this, they just walk away. They just go. Putting, you know, the cyclist fellows puts his hand on the shoulder and then goes away. What can the, if he tries to chase this full of science people to go away from here you know. So what can you do? So you think that you are very smart? But that smartness does not apply here because here you are talking about the law and order situation where the patrolman is omniscient, omnipotent and omnipresent. He is present everywhere. He is capable of doing what is required to be done. He knows what is to be done. He knows what you have done. That's called Ishwara. That's the that is the order therefore, it is necessary that we do what is right and avoid doing what is wrong. Both of them. That's our response. The vidhi and nisheda. When it comes to karma, vidhi nisheda has definitely have their application. When it comes to doing something, always a proper way of doing and improper way of doing. <coughs> and so the thirteenth verse tells us, Yagnishish Tashina Santa, Mutchente, Sarvakil Bishay Yagnish Tashina Santa, Bunjate to a gum Ye Pachantia at very strong words because he's telling us what the law is and what is the reward by in in observing the law and what's the punishment in violating the law both of them we should know because some people don't care as long as they can get away from punishment they don't care I, I don't want reward if you don't want reward there is punish- only two things either reward or punishment either do something right or wrong there is no third way do right, that is reward. Do wrong, that is punishment. So, first line says, What's the reward when you comply with this law? Yajna shishta ashina santaha muchyande sarvakalbhishaihi. Yajna shishta ashina. Ashanam means eating, consuming, enjoying. Shishta, what is residual? Yajna is performance of yajna. Yajna, Shishta, Ashinaha. Those people who sustain themselves or consume what is the residue after performing Yajna. <coughs> so in a traditional Yajna or a fire ritual, as we said yesterday, you kindle fire in the altar, you invoke the Devata and make offering. It's called Devodeshena Dravyatyagah. What's called Yajna is, Offering the Dravya, offering material, the Devata Uddeshana, so that it goes to Devata. So, now that uh, is called Yajna. Now, suppose you uh, there is a container which contains ghee, clarified butter. You keep on offering. After the Yajna is over, whatever remains in that becomes prasada, becomes amrutam. And that is what you are supposed to consume.. you don't take over the whole container, you know because as children when mom is cooking, then your eyes on the whole party say no, First of all, this has to be offered to the Lord and then this, this, this and then what remains is what you get. Our our uh, eyes on the whole part is no similarly the whole part of first it should go to devatas or whoever first offering should be made then whatever remains from that that is what we is available to us even in the business also if you are public limited company then whatever profits are earned, first should go to the shareholders and then the what remains should be distributed by direct rising. they first distribute that's a different thing what they but ideally the shareholders because they are shareholders So in our life also, whoever are shareholders or stakeholders, they should first get their share. And then what remains? Belongs to us. In the olden days, in the the villages, when the harvest comes, the the grain is all heaped in the the field. And first the share is given to all the shareholders. This goes to the temple, this goes to the barber, this goes to the carpenter. All those fellows do great things for us. Throughout the year, they get their share first. And then what remains? Comes to our house. Similarly, also in our life, Swamiji, what do you mean by distributing your time, your energy? All of that is your wealth. Of that, understand that, that wealth is because of the contribution of rest of the world in your life. And therefore from your wealth, first of all, we must allot the share that rightfully belongs to others. <coughs> Coming back to our discussion, what it means here is that every human being is required to perform five kinds of Yajnas we described yesterday. So, panch Yajnaha, five great Yajnas are there. First is Brahma Yajna. Brahma Yajna means residing the Vedas. Studying Vedas, reciting them, teaching them, helping the institutions who are doing that work, Brahma Yajna. Deva Yajna, worshipping Devatas. So, worshipping Ishvara in the form of Devata, your Ishta Devata. Ishta Devata means chosen deity. The, the particular form of Ishvara for whom you have special reverence and devotion. So, worship of that, Deva Pitruyagnya, worship of your parents, your ancestors, or your uh, elders, whoever they are in your life, and of making offerings to ancestors. <coughs> and you see, in this serving the parents, those who were here in the last uh, retreat, there was a, in this cultural program, there was a small little play of Pundarika, a great devotee of Lord. Pundarika Maharashtra and he was he was so devoted to his parents also that Lord was very happy Lord Krishna was very happy he, he came on his own to meet Pundarika Pundarika offered him an he offered him a brick he says just be seated here let me first finish serving my parents then I'll come to you even God has a second place in his life He's serving the parents at the first place. That's why, Ishva, that why Lord Krishna came in the first place anyway. So that, that's Pitru Yajna. Pitru Yajna means making offerings and doing what we need to do for Pitru's, for our parents, ancestors, elders. And then Nru Yagna, as we said, offering shelter and, and food to the needy people and Bhuta Yagna. Uh, Making offerings to the animals and plants and trees and creatures who also directly and indirectly contribute to our life. So first, all these offerings must be made, and then what remains? So, still, also there is a tradition with many brahmanas that when they start eating the meal after brahmarpana, all of that is done, then they'll take five little morsels and put on put outside. One, two, three, four, five. For five pranas or for these you know, ultimately goes to all the creatures, Bhuta. There are formal yajnasks or Vishwa, you know, uh, Bali, Deva and so, all these different uh, Bhutas are also to be offered. We are not doing that. All I am saying is that at this time, how we should understand this is that all of these are stakeholders in our life. That we are the beneficiaries of what they do and therefore, they should have a right place in our life also. We should be contributors to all of them. Yagna Shishta, And so the people who only consume what has remained after making offerings to all the stakeholders. Now traditionally they describe as five kinds of things. If you require, if you think there are more, then do more. The spirit is told to us. And we have to see what it means to me at this time, under this condition, that's all. (coughs) One thing about Hinduism is that we do not take this word, these things literally, meaning that we do not insist upon living our life as was prescribed five thousand years ago. What was the spirit in that prescription? And that is what we want to apply here. Because nowadays all these Bali, Vishwadeva etc. may not be, uh, a, a, you know, may not be practical. Even you may not have a guest every day because, uh, you know, in America, who is going to come to your home? In India it's a different thing because it's a different weather, different, kind of, you know, different whole setup is different. So many people are there and people are hungry also and they, so it's possible that you can have an Abhyagata, somebody. So people used to have this kind of uh, a, a Vrata that every day must, they must feed at least one Abhyagata, one person. They are not practical here. In India also they are not practical, and when we'll you talk of United States, so we cannot take this advice literally. We have to take this uh, Upadesha teaching in this spirit. As, and then the spirit. Ascendant, now there are different channels of offering. Now different Seva things are there, you know, and the so different kind of, there are organizations which are, which are devoted doing this work. You can support them. You cannot go out and, you know, do things yourself. So you have to support those who are doing that. Whichever way. But idea is that an awareness. An awareness that all of this should have place in my life. That is important. Sarvakil <coughs> he. When you live a life like that, you are released from all the sins. <coughs> what sins? See, knowingly or unknowingly, we do lot of violations. Even in the Vedic times when the life was so simple. Then also the Vedic sages recognized five kinds of sins that a human being incurs even in living a simple life. You see we are… living life means it always… we are going to damage something, we are going to consume something, otherwise we cannot survive. As the population is growing, we are are actually occupying more and more farmland, more and more forest land and that's why every minute some one acre of forest, uh, I mean rainforest is being destroyed every moment because we are expanding. The population has exploded. Uh, Fifty years ago or so it was two billion and now it is some seven billion. And what will it be after another fifty years, God alone knows. And how much place will you occupy? But thus we are hurting. When you build a house, you hurt. So, in the day-to-day life also, in those days, five kinds of himsa was recognized. Khandani, peshani, chulli, udukumbhi, cha marjani. Khandani, khandanam, pounding. You know, in cooking food you need to do pounding. Or to, uh, to remove, you know, uh, remove the chaff from the rice or whatever, pounding. So pounding is one of the things that is done every day. Pashani, grinding, every day. They didn't have grinding mills and things like that, flour mills, so grinding. Kandani, peshani, chulli. Chulli means a fireplace, meaning co- a-, a cooking, uh, you know, they didn't have any cooking range and things like that, but then, you saw yesterday, How you put four bricks and then put wood in there and then, uh, so wood stove is there. So this is chulli, meaning uh, the fire that requires cooking. Udukumbi, you need water, you fetch water from a well and fill in a pot. Majani, sweeping, you know, with broom. Each of these activities involves some kind of violence. We are, we are knowingly or knowingly killing many little creatures. So himsa is involved in our life. However careful you are still, you cannot get away from some kind of himsa or violence. No Swamiji, these days there is no violence in our life. (laughs) There are no creatures here, look at how clean things are. But somebody is doing things for you. You think that you're getting this uh, meat, you know, in very nice package, and so you haven't done anything. Somebody has done it for you. Oh, we are using electricity and so on. Clean energy, that's all it. Right. Somewhere is not clean. Where electricity is produced, that that cleanliness is not there. Using all kinds of coal, and you know, they're polluting. So more we use there, so energy that you use ultimately comes from a power station where some fuel is burnt. And that fuel, maybe however it is clean or not clean, environment is polluted, and in that fuel, whatever creatures are there, they all go along with that. So these days we do not see this violence directly in our life. Those days they could see that. But understand that in our living our life and consumption, violence is involved, somebody else is doing it for us. No, Swami, we have no farm. We, we get fruits from the, uh, fruits and vegetables from the store. So we don't. But somebody does it for you. How many fertilizers and what insecticides and what kind of things are going on, there for you. So, in you know, a simple life, which involves minimum consumption, for even sustaining the body also, a, a violence is involved. So those days they identified five violence, you know, in a simple life a village life now life is so complex and we are such big consumers and we are that is how much violence actually is taking place on our account there is no count so without doing anything so much sin we are incurring because we are burden to the nature and thus we are uh, destroying nature So that papa, how do you, uh, what is the atonement for that papa? This yajna, your offering. So you offer those very creatures, very trees that you are consuming, consuming wood etc., therefore you support the trees and you support the creatures, support the cows etc., support other human beings because you are consuming them. (coughs) So when you live a life thus of this balance, then, these people become free from all the sins that, that get committed knowingly or unknowingly by living a life of yajna. Bhunjate, <clears throat> second line says, Bhunjate te tu agham papaha ye pachandi atmakaranat. Whereas those papaha, sinful people, atmakaranat pachandi in whose life there is no room for anybody, they cook for themselves. What it means is that, there is no room for anybody. He is for I and mine, that's all that matters to that person. He is, he is no sensitivity at all, about the rest of the universe. <laughs> Those sinful people are not eating food. Those who cook only for themselves. itri upanishad we referred yesterday, that one should not run away a person who has come for shelter of food. Aradhyasmaitya chakshade When a householder cooks food, you know what he says? Um, this food is cooked for this people, for the needy people. annagum sma an annagum radhyate. When you, when you offer food to others, with what attitude you offering? If you offer it the best attitude, it comes back to you in the best way. Madhyato andagum with madhyama attitude, middling attitude, that's how food comes to you. Antato, with inferior attitude, with, you know, you, you, you give food to somebody also, but then with resentment, it comes back to you that way. If you meet with resentment, etc., understand that the accounts are being settled. We keep complaining about the world and how that's are treating us, but understand this, that this is what we must have done. How I am treated is a result of how I must have treated. That, I mean, we are not authority to say that, but this is what it says, that there is always an a, a, a outcome which is compatible to the action. And what we are experiencing right now, are the karma of results of the action we performed in the past, and the results of what we have done... Forget about what we have done. What I am saying is, so we don't blame others, we don't blame anybody. Swami, why is world treating me like that? That must be reason. Karma. Am I a sinner? You are not a sinner. You are what you are. Something you must have done, then this is the result now. As Swami says, karma is a big shock absorber. So you don't blame them, you don't blame yourself, blame karma. And go ahead. Don't go ahead doing what you are doing. Now go ahead, change the thing. <laughs> if you don't want this kind of treatment in the future, then change your own treatment to others. Pachande Atmakaranat Only selfishness is there. Then that's how, it's a dynamic order. Selfishness rewarded only with selfishness. So, is God punishing? He's not punishing. He's only teaching us lessons, that's all. It's not punishment. But sometimes to teach lesson, you need to uh, inflict some restraint, at least some pain. You cannot let a child so loose and allow him to do whatever he wants. That's not love. When you think that that's going to hurt the child, you have to restrain the child, or restrain anybody. In every relationship, this is involved. It's not loving relationship, but I do whatever they want. That's all license. Then it becomes a right, it's no more a privilege. So nigraha Anugraha. A judicious combination of freedom and restraint is involved in every relationship. So with, in a relationship with Ishvara also, he gives us freedom and then restrain wherever required. Because he is a gada, a mesh in his hand, and then he one stroke he gives when he wants to draw our attention. So when something happens, he's trying to draw our attention. That's all it that is. it is. Not a punishment. Those fellows who cook only for themselves, they are called selfish people, they are not consuming food, they are not consuming their comfort, they are consuming sin, because it has come at the cost of others. <coughs> so Anvaya and Vyatareka both are being told, what's the reward if you follow this law, and what's the punishment if you violate the law? <coughs> Basically, this is what karma, karma yoga is. All right. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purname Vavaśyade Om Shanti, Shanti Shanti Shankaram Shankaracharyam keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashigruta Vande Bhagavanta Vana Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratme Murti Pedavi Bhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta de Haya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shantisha Deshanti Hari Om Shiguru Vyu Namaha Hari Om